Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, Basketball Podcast. Cast. I am your host, Freddie Revis. Uh, and who, sir, in the lovely black and red flannel are you? <laughs> I'm your producer, Matt Duncan. Freddie, how are you doing? You're sounding better. Everyone's happy. I'm doing good. I'm feeling better. Um, I, uh, my, my lovely wife fixed the DeRozan, uh, oh. t-shirt I have framed. It was, uh, it was drooping. Oh yeah. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. But we got to bring it up. He just, uh, he just signed a contract with Nike, uh, to be the, the, the amb- uh, shoe ambassador for, for the Kobe brand. So, you know, okay. we got to make sure DeRozan's standing strong here on the pod. Yeah. Um, if you, uh, you know. Uh, are just tuning into the podcast for the first time. You're coming back. Thank you. Regardless, we are with Raptors Republic. We are a fan slash analyst slash, you know, just hardcore Raptors slash NBA nuts podcast. Um, Matt was referencing uh, this way. Matt was referencing uh, me having COVID. I battled through. I'm on the other side. Feels good. Stay safe, everybody. Uh, Maddie, how are you? And and also, please tell everyone how they can help the pod out, help us grow. You know, well, I'm doing just swell. Uh, yeah, thankfully, I haven't had the sickness yet, but it's it's coming for me. It's like the Alamo out there, and I'm <laughs> in the on, middle. Buddy. Hold on. <laughs> uh, but you know, yeah. That aside, you know, we're we're pushing forward. And if you do want to check us out, if you're watching us on YouTube, please like, comment, subscribe, share if you like it. That'd be cool too. <laughs> but then go to RaptorsRepublic.com, read the articles, see the other podcasts there. You can listen to our show there. You can listen to the full episodes of the show on the Rapcast on your favorite podcatcher. So you know that same old thing. Ever since you've been listening to podcasts, make sure you you rate on your your app. Apple podcasts and your Spotify and and whatever else I don't even know well, what does Amazon Music do they probably got a button you can push so if you sure. could do that push a couple buttons <laughs> for us and, and and you know we'll smile we'll smile like uh, the Cheshire cat um uh, I mean just a lot of good info info there the Cheshire cat at the end was good um you leaned on the word share for a long time uh Maddie you're an absolute pro I don't deserve you uh but I do appreciate you 
um, to help carry me through these last couple of weeks. And um, yeah, I think uh, again, thanks everyone who's been listening and uh, let's get, let's get on bringing the guests, but uh, I will say, as I've been saying uh, free Brittany Griner, uh, free BG, uh, me and uh, a friend of the podcast, Catherine Niker, we, we cover that uh, subject as much as we can on our uh, WNBA podcast, uh, The Pickup. Uh, so make sure to check that out. Give it a listen. And, and, uh, like said, and sorry, th- sorry, sorry for a throw to plug. You got nominated for a podcast award. That's right. We got nominated for the Canadian Podcast Awards. Uh, best Leisure Pod, Best Sports Pod. Um, so, you know, shout out to us. That uh, podcast is, uh, is is not as old as this one, but, uh, you know, we're, we're finding our sea legs. It's, it's good stuff. Uh, and thank you, Maddie. Um, you know, always just, you just listen. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it, I was going to make the Jesus analogy where you like carrying me around the beach, but whatever. I, I, that's sloppy. That's just sloppy <laughs> stuff. Thank you for, for listening to this pod, everyone. Let's bring on the guests. Um, uh, yeah, guest number one, uh, you know, he's been doing this podcast from, from I'd say, like, the very beginning. He's done it a bunch. Oh, yeah. He's uh, our, our resident um, uh, our resident Cleveland Cavaliers fan. He's an American, uh, I guess a Canadian as well now. Uh, voice actor, amazing improviser, just uh, all-around hilarious personality. Uh, it's been a while since he's been on, but uh, happy to have him back. Give it up as loud as you can even if you're home alone, for Ned Petrie. Here we go. You know, I like to work on new moves every time. Come on. Okay, here we go. Okay, they're not in frame. Yeah, yeah, we're in video. The camera camera could show below my waist. Working on this. Whoa! (laughs) I think now, because you're on camera, we just have to assume you're doing tricks with your feet. Right. Again, I, it's just me. I'm in COVID isolation right now. If I if I was in my normal studio, I'd have a guy who could give me a full frame. I did a lot of those, you know, sort of those Russian, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, squatting down, kicking kind of. That's what I was doing just now. You just yeah. couldn't. No, just I couldn't see it. That was a full, full uh, raw, raw Rasputin. Rasputin. Okay. Yeah. Rasputin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rasputin. Rasputin. Rossi Poutine. Rossi Poots. Um, well, we're getting silly right away. Let's, uh, let's bring on guest number two, Ned. Happy to have you back. Sure. Um, he, he's amazing. Uh, he's been doing this podcast for a long time too. Uh, he has a basketball podcast of his own, uh, below the hardwood, uh, with, with some, with some cool dudes uh, as well. Uh, friends of the podcast, uh, Dexter and, and Ryan, um, you know, he's still the only person I know who can dunk in real life. I hope he still can. Uh, I always mess up the name, but I, I think it's uh, CBC Canada's baking show. I think I, think I still, I still <laughs> mess it up. I still mess it up. Um, I think it's bake it till you make it, isn't that it's it? Bake it till you make it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the big, it's the big book of Canadian bakes. Um, he, he's amazing. Uh, I'm always excited to have him on the podcast. Uh, give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone. For Alan Shane Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> I love bacon till you make it. I love that. I'm going to pitch that to whoever's listening to me. 
if they don't sign me back for another season, I'm making Bake It Till You Make It. Say you will not do another season unless it's called Bake It Till You Make It. Sir, we a big part of the show is we got to keep the name. No, people recognize it unless they're Freddie and they just they enjoy the show, but they can never say the name properly. I just want to say a bunch of people's names seriously. I'm like, are you ready to bake it? Till you make it. <laughs> I just want to I mean, do that. That just sounds like fun. Honestly, that plus give you a grapple hook. I'm in. Yeah, honestly, Alan, just make it your new catchphrase before they start. All right, everyone, bake it till you make it. Yeah. <laughs> you keep trying. You didn't say that last year, man. It's not a script. I don't know what you're doing. I, 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 I did say that last year. You just weren't listening. No, no, I, I say it a lot. The fans love it. Yeah, yeah no. It's a lot of hype online. You guys are just seeing it. That's a problem. You're on TikTok. That's the issue. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Alan, what's up? Thanks for doing uh, the show. Thank you for having me. I love it. I, it's funny when you were giving Ned his like intro, I, at, a, at a certain point, I wasn't sure if it was me until you said Cleveland Cavalier. Then I was like, okay, yeah, this is not 2007. I'm not a Cleveland Cavalier fan. Okay, cool, cool, cool. cool. I, have excuse, I have an excuse. I was I was born in Northeast Ohio. No, no, no that's, no, that's <laughs> great. I, I, yeah, no, I, I love I, I love the Cleveland Cavaliers. I look, I love LeBron. I'm a huge LeBron mm-hmm. fan. Been a LeBron fan since 2002. Mm-hmm. So I've definitely been cheering for the Cleveland Cavaliers for a very long time. But I was like, okay, whew, that wasn't me. Don't get ready to talk just yet. I can <laughs> take a over my notes. <laughs> I, I wanted Alan just there to say no, 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 no. There's no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't fake it till you make it there. Come on now. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's talk some Raptors ball. Uh, Maddie, good, sir. Uh, please give me your most Cheshire shot. 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 Damn, you're good. Uh, listen, I'm a <laughs> stutter monster. Stay, yeah. uh, I should, I should have saw that word coming. In, even in my head. Cheshire shot. Cheshire Whatever. See, yeah. I can't do it. Listen, I'm just going to give up on the word. At least I'll work Wonderland. On it. Uh, Matt, give me your, your weirdest uh funniest raptors sting started from the bottom now we here talking raptors kiss the rain well drake needs to take a breath (laughs) Uh, shout out to drake he's got covid um i think that it's like you got him to record something with covid because (laughs) started from the bottom uh, what else did he say there? He said a couple things that he, they were really yeah. spliced together. Quick. Started yeah. from the bottom. Now we're talking raps. Kiss the ring. Right, right. Yeah. So <laughs> it, that's that his Cheshire cat. Um, okay. Uh, let's start with you, Alan. Um, you know, this is uh summertime. It's not even spring, uh, spring training camp. Uh, I think that's what they call it in baseball, but it, it's not even, you know, camp time yet. Uh, we're still going to get a lot of Raptors stuff. Um, I think we still have a, you know, uh, my information is kind of coming from, uh, from Blake Murphy, who always has his, uh, you know, stuff together for uh, us podcasters. Um, we do appreciate that. And uh, he kind of outlined on Twitter that with the Wancho signing and with the release of uh, Armani Brooks, uh, we're, you know, we're sort of looking at some kind of combination of, of Wancho, uh, Svi, uh, Champagne, Banton, Wilson, and potentially one more guy that they'll bring in uh, competing uh, for, for three spots. Obviously, there's a lot of conditions there, like will they waive Svee, et cetera. And, you know, this is the assumption as well that we will sign Coloco, which I assume we will. But, uh, you know, so sort of just going off that, those five names, which three guys out of those five 
do you want for the end of the bench? Um, <clears throat> well, I want uh, Wancho there because, you know, Adam Sandler in Toronto, that's just great. You know, after the, yeah. the premiere of Hustle, I feel like just bringing that type of like intensity or not even intensity, but just excitement about that movie and kind of this kind of film person, a part of the rapper just kind of just elevates the brand a little bit. Mm-hmm. And also he can knock it down from three and he's a big body. And we, we definitely need that defensively. I don't know how much he can really commit to us and give it to us, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm OK with that. Uh, that second slot, I think I'm looking over at Banton just because I love the kid, hometown hero, uh, 45 Wilson bus. There's a 45 bus. I don't know which, where, where Kipling. it is. Uh, Kipling bus, yes. Uh, so I'm excited for him and, and his uh, his step up from from last season because his his ability to grab a rebound and start the break, um, it's it's really it's really good. And also seeing his playmaking ability as well as, yeah, just his knockdown three. If he can get that kind of going, I think we really mm-hmm. have a stud that we can kind of keep going and put a 905 for a little bit and give him some more minutes in the league. Now that third spot is very tricky. I kind of want to give Wilson a second look just because, Mm. you know, we were really excited to have him and it was just like injury immediately. Right. So I don't know. I'd love to see more of him. Uh, If not, then I feel like, you know, maybe those two can just rock, paper, scissor it out and see who can give us the the best, um, I don't know, production uh, coming off that last uh, spot in the bench. Also, I just would love to say uh, Melo's still out there. I, I know people Ooh. are always down on Mello. I love Mello. Give me some Mello. Just give me some instant buckets off the bench with that second younger group. Maybe he's not the best on the pick and rolls, uh, you know, switch on defense. But you know what? He can get you 10 points. He can get you 15 points. And sometimes you just need that. You need somebody who can just sit in that, in that in the, what's it called? The uh, part of my French, but the titty in the corner uh, for the <laughs> three-point shot. Is that what they call it, right? I, I have not boobie. heard that, but I love it. It's uh, Reggie Miller. I think I think he even got called up for saying that on live TV as well. But uh, in that corner slot in the three point shot, we 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 need another person to sit in there because we saw it in this the Sixers series. We just don't have the three point firepower mm-hmm. like at all. And if you can get somebody to sit there, you can exp- uh, expand the defense and open up lanes for driving. And we just didn't have that whatsoever. So adding another player that has an ability to just knock down threes without even a dribble or uh, maybe a play called for them. Uh, just adding that type of arsenal to the team would only just be beneficial for us. Yeah. Lots of good points. I, I learned something from my guests all the time sitting in the titty. I mean, come <laughs> I'm on. Gonna, I'm going to double check with a Google. <laughs> yeah. We're just <laughs> we're trying to figure that out. Cause if we're talking a three point arch, I'm like, I know where would the yeah. titty be on that. That, that would sort food. of be like your, I mean, yeah, let's just, you know what, let's not get in trouble here, but um, <laughs> that, uh, I mean, you know, like I think a point I want to jump on right away is uh, ju- I was just looking over some stats and I didn't really realize that, you know, Wancho can shoot. Like obviously his role has sort of, um, you know, changed a bunch uh, in his career. Uh, sometimes more opportunity than others, but uh, he's a 35% or, you know, or just above shooter uh, from three in his career. And he's got some size. He seems to fit the Raptors, you know, vision six, nine sort of thing. Uh, I also feel like at the, at, you know, the end of the bench there, the defense is kind of less important. You know, I'm not sure how much those guys are going to factor into the actual rotation uh, unless there's some injuries. Banton, I'm totally, uh, I'm totally with you. He was my number one of these guys, actually, because I just feel like he, he has a like a like a out of everyone there, like a really sort of intense amount of upside, you know. And and again, you covered that well because 
when it, when he rips down a board and is running with the ball, it looks like, you know, yeah, he's got some Sean Livingston in him or mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it's hard to say exactly. And, you know, the Raptors, we, we, we teach people how to shoot. Like we're, we're good at that. So even if he can just be, you know, like a, a, a mediocre catch and shoot guy, that's huge. Uh, you know, obviously I guess rough around the edges. There's some half court stuff, uh, but uh, you know, he looked pretty, pretty good in summer league he he definitely had big numbers in in the g league and um also the last thing i want to comment on is uh thinking about uh svi and and wilson doing a paper rock scissors <laughs> for like a, for millions or a million dollars it's like the stakes are high like, it couldn't that, be higher <laughs> that's the most high stakes rock paper scissors i could ever imagine and um I wonder if they'd agree to it. I, I assume not. I assume their agents would be like, you got to like, it's got to be like maybe, <laughs> maybe a game of a one-on-one or something. But um, Can I uh, jump on this one here? Well, please do. Just because uh, uh, for the first time in my time being on the pod, I did some real <clears throat> insider research on this one. Okay, okay? I love it. So uh, uh, I didn't play basketball on any organized level. I did run cross country in high school. And, you know, we had a varsity and we had a JV. And as far as we were concerned, the purpose of the JV was to be funny. That was your job, was to to bring some levity to the situation Mm -hmm. for everyone else. That that was it. You know, the the expectations were not high. Otherwise, Uh, there's a guy I know who works for MLSE. I asked him, yo, who's the funniest guy in the Raptors? And it turns out they internally as a staff, they did their research on this. And uh, they did pull the team last year. Turns out so the answer OG. is Scotty. Oh. The answer is Scotty. Yep, but number that. two was Justin Champagny. Okay. Oh. And that was Scotty's opinion, too. <clears throat> Scotty said Justin Champagny was the funniest guy on the team. So even though this guy's not really, hasn't been hanging on the roster very consistently, that's interesting to hear that he was that's... more or less the consensus guy. When they asked him who he thought the funniest guy on the team was, he said Scotty and Danello. So okay. I'm, I'm, I'm picking him too. So I'm going to need two funny guys there. Uh, and then like you guys, I was thinking Wancho as well, but mostly because, you know, he can play a little, but he's a chill guy. He's from Spain. Guys from Spain are always chill. And you need always. a guy to, you need a guy to be like the butt of the joke. Who's not going to flip out. Like who's going to roll with it, you know? Yeah. We, we need Wancho to get team. pantsed. Like, yeah. <laughs> but he, he's not going to turn around and hit a guy for that. He's going to, he's going to laugh too. You know, it's, it's uh and and it keeps everyone's spirits uh, nice and high, and uh, you know the the stress don't get to you that way. So anyway, so that's that's my angle on this. But I just wanted to throw in just because I actually consulted <laughs> a person wow. who works for MLSE. Yo, what's the scoop here? I, so anyway. I dude, I I love that very much, and um, I I do think the end of the bench celebration is massive. And and to your point about uh, champagne, he was said so yeah, my guys are Wancho. Uh, Champagne and Delano, and uh, I think Svi's kind of a hard cut because I feel like he just looks like he should be what we need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you're at the you know back end of the bench, it's hard to prove yourself. But you know, Nurse did give him a lot of run at the beginning, so I don't know. Svi and Svi also has some weird athleticism sometimes. Yeah, but um, you know, to to your point, Ned with uh, with Champagne. Uh, at at summer league, he uh, I, he was calling every single guy on on the summer league team his son. 
Uh, See? So that's fun. That's what me. you need. Like, like, you need that guy. You just call your son. He knows he's the 12th best guy on the team, but he's there just to keep it fun. You know, mm-hmm. that's what you need. And um, I mean, you know, also, I, I, I'd like to see him play because when, when me and Matty D went to the, uh, the, the G League. Freddie got a little frozen here. He went to the G League. <laughs> we went to yeah. the G. Uh, we went to the yeah. Oh. The Raptors nine hundred five. Oh, did I? Did I? You just did a quick you freeze up for a second there. Yeah. Oh, you oh, said I, G League and then you disappeared. <laughs> you were sent there via Star Trek. You know, I, like I, a beam. I drank a Gatorade really fast. I said I went to the G League and then I just like supersonic chugged the Gatorade. Uh, yeah, these guys are on the G League. So you saw yeah. them there. Yeah. So yeah. So me, me and Matty D, we went and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Something about it. I'm going in and out. I'm going in and out. I think. Uh, I just want to. Okay, listen. I don't know if I how if I'm going to go out again. So the train stays fast. Okay. Yes. Uh, Matt would yell, um, "Pop the cork!" (laughs) Matt had enough time to see the graphic. (laughs) (laughs) Good old reliable internet for Justin. uh, That's a great catchphrase for him. Pop the cork. Yeah. Pop the cork. He had a massive second half too. Ben yeah. had a great first half. Champagne. He, I think he actually ended up with like forty points in that game. Yeah, and, and I think I think Maddie yelled "pop the cork" thirty times. Minimum. Yeah, <laughs> the, the guy I know who works for MLC, like his job is sort of like doing jumbotron stuff during the game, and that is exactly the type of thing a jumbotron guy wants. He wants a guy in the team with a name like that, so you can put on the screen, "pop that cork." Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. It's perfect. That's Come perfect. <laughs> um, what, what else do we want? Champagne poppy? Uh, champagne-y? Oh, yeah. Champagne, you know champagne I mean? poppy? Champagne from our real friends. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Hello. Um, MLC, if you're listening, <laughs> he's always got some ideas. Um, okay, Ned, let's uh, let's go to question number two here. Um. You know, uh, it was cool last year. Uh, every Raptors starter average over 15 points. Uh, Matty D's got the <coughs> averages up here per basketball reference. Give me one guy, um, you know, who's going to score more and one guy who's going to score less. Like, you know, you're thinking with uh, OG, curious about more touches, uh, you know, like, like, you know, you know, and also just everyone being healthy, I think is going to be a big thing, right? So with those five guys, uh, who's going to score more? One guy. And who's going to score less? One guy. Uh, well, it seems inevitable inevitable to me that Scotty will be scoring more. Um, last year, if you look at his splits or a month, month by month, it went up, you know, throughout the, throughout the year. He, in the second half post all-star game, he was, he was scoring a cool 17 a game versus 14 before it seems it seems that he will certainly be uh on that higher end probably from now on um and with that being the case uh probably the person who's gonna have fewer touches and fewer per game is probably fred um i would i would expect just based on the balance between those two and by the way even though uh i think scotty will certainly go up he will go up and i think uh siakam as well those two guys in the in the lineup Ooh. together were fire in the last uh, last month or two. So I expect probably both of those guys, but the one that'll be the most drastic difference will probably be Scotty from here on out. I'm guessing. 
Yeah, no, I think it's very, very fair <laughs> guesses. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a fun conversation. And just to add on to your point about uh, those two being so good together, I'm so happy. You know, I remember it was it was a short period, but there was a period where it was like, should we trade Pascal because we got Scotty and, you know, they're the same or whatever. And I'm so happy the Raptors have leaned into, you know, I guess what some people would see as a redundant quality because very clearly those two play off each other just wonderfully. And, you know, their skills don't duplicate enough to be any kind of problem uh, for us, maybe a problem for the other team. But um yeah, Alan, where are you, where are you at? Are you, are you similar to Ned? You have, you know, I, I'm I'm close to Ned. I'll say this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna wait to see what you say. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree with Ned. I think just the the nature of the the rookie of the year from last season to you know not only improve his game, especially going to Rico Hines, improve that three. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna come down to points. He's gonna score more points next season, and uh, I think it might take away from a player like uh, a Gary. I definitely think Gary Miley might go down just a little bit. I also think OG might go up. I think all this grumblings in the summertime of like <clears throat> of trade talks and all this different stuff, if not motivate him, uh, might be something that the Raptors use as leverage to be like, look how much he's scoring right now midseason. Do you want to trade, swap a couple players, maybe get a Miles Turner or something like that in in, uh, in exchange for that? So I definitely think that might be a shopping around thing that might happen early on, might go to him more. But um, yeah, I also just want to say this one thing. I just quickly Googled the Raptors roster. Uh, mm -hmm. There's only one player older than me. So fuck me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, welcome to our world, dude. Yeah. That's, dude that's a tough road to go down i um i, I went out for a couple of drinks with my my brothers maybe like a, a year ago uh, i have three brothers um and we were counting the nba players uh that were still in the league that were older than us and at that time over a year ago uh, i think it was eight there was eight yeah. players in the entire league yeah and they were all on the um, Lakers. Mello. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. LeBron, Mello, Rondo. <laughs> Aldridge. Yeah. Yeah, Iguodala. Lowry's yeah. my age. Um, Chris Paul is older than me. Uh, mm -hmm. What happened to the vets? What happens if a Sean Leonard playing into his 40s? What, why can't we do that anymore? Come on. I mean, sh shout out Haslam. Listen, buddy, <laughs> yeah. never stop. You never <laughs> stop. Uh, I don't know if I said Iguodala. Um, you know, this, but yeah, the, the number is absolutely dwindling. Uh, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty close to, I feel like when LeBron retires, a lot of people are going to be like, shit, the whole, <laughs> the whole league's younger than me. Um, but, uh, oh, Alan, there was something you said I wanted to touch on. Oh yeah. Oh. So yeah. Uh, Gary, uh, I, I actually think what's interesting because Gary averaged, um, I have it here 17.1. And I think. I wonder if he'll hit that again only because I feel like there's been a, we talked about it last uh, week on the pod, but you know, to, will he lose some closing minutes to precious? Um, will, you know, I, I think Gary definitely is a, is a gunner and he can score and we're going to be leaning on him a lot, but yes, yeah, Scotty kind of seems, you know, to Ned's point, he seems like he's coming to take his. So I sort of think that's happening. And to your point about OG, I think it's bang on because like, you know, even if it's like been exaggerated, I think OG does sort of see himself as not a fourth option or, and, and I think, you know, for the rest of his career, 
uh, you know, for, for the sake of his development. I think he wants to prove that or earlier in the year, you know, with when everyone wasn't healthy and there was no Fred, uh, there was no uh, Pascal, you know, Fred and OG were our main scorers and, you know, OG was doing a lot of ISO stuff. And, um, you know, I think there's going to be, yeah, that, that pressure, you know, from him and his camp to sort of like make sure he can showcase, uh, you know, the, the, the things he's been working on and, and, and score more than 17. Um, I'm not sure if he would, if he gets to 20 points sort of thing. And, and, and I think also Ned brought up Fred seems like he's in that perfect place to just defer and, and be like, yeah, whatever people have, you know, I, I, you guys all watch me score 54 points in a game. I can do that, but actually I wouldn't mind racking up more assists and sort of just like facilitating, but OG and Scotty are the guys um, although I think, yeah, no, I mean, it's an interesting question. Cause I think the, the Pascal stuff, he doesn't seem like he's about to get worse. So he seems like the game's slowing down for him. So I, I think Pascal could also score more. He, he could be like a 25 a game player. He I, looks I, like I don't it. consider that inconceivable for all season. For sure. And I think, you know, I mean, like, you know, like, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know the averages off my head, but like, if you think about what, what would he average, you know, in a healthy year, considering, you know, he missed 20 games, then, then he was a bit slow to kind of get going. And then he rounded into all NBA. Like, I, I thought I saw the other day, I think on Raptors Republic, they posted that um, he said something like 43, which would be wild because that's his number. But, um, so yeah, stump to some high number of, of 30 point games in his career. So he can, he can get cooking. And I think one, when, when he does, he's a hard guy to stop. He gets to the line a lot. So yeah. Um, I see that. We, we shall see, you know, we shall see. I think, um, I think a lot of people are capable. That's for sure. Otto Porter's going to come in. He'll average 30 points a game for sure. Um, Easy. Just, just kidding. Easy. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, Maddie D, uh, I'm going to want you to come in for this next one. Uh, but please, I, I just hope it's Weird Al from now on. Um, <laughs> g- give me your weirdest, uh, weird, weird, Al, weird Alist uh, NBA sting. This is Adam Silver, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's just gold, man. <laughs> weird Al with COVID, I think. It's her, um, her inception sting. Yeah, that's our inception sting. Uh, <laughs> Weird Al, uh, bless your soul. Um, <clears throat> you're amazing. And uh, yeah. Um, okay. Let's go to you first, Alan. Uh, actually, yeah, you're the reason I thought of this question. So um, <laughs> winning time, uh, Adam McKay's winning time, fun show, lots of good actors. It's for any basketball nerd. It's amazing because, you know, you see the Lakers in their prime. And, you know, you're, you're thinking of like off the court and on the court, uh, you know, big, big NBA personalities, you know, even like a, a David, uh, not David. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. David Stern before he becomes 
like the the full you know the leader of the nba the commissioner uh so you know different actors portraying uh you know people like adrian brody is uh pat riley, um, pat riley exactly it's, yeah. just, it's, it's fun you know and uh i saw alan tweet the other day that he should play um byron scott and at first I was like, Oh, that's funny. Alan's funny. Like, you know, get him on the show. Like uh, he can play basketball. Like he deserves a shot. Um, But then I just, I was like, let me see what Byron Scott looks like. And I was like Googling and I'm like, it, you know, it depends on the image. And I will say there was some pictures of Byron Scott where he's like full muscle man. Like he has like, and Alan, you're, you you know, listen, you're in shape, but (laughs) Byron Scott has some bodybuilding photos out there. Like, Check him out. That guy's got like the uh, who's the wrestler uh, who would have like the muscle on top of the muscle. Uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Scott Steiner. Oh, sure. Deep reference there. Sorry. Everybody. <laughs> wow. But if you're a wrestling fan, shout out Scott Steiner. Yeah. Triple muscle. Big weird. Papa Pump. Yeah. Big Papa Pump. That's a yeah. good name. Um, but anyways, yeah, uh, I, I found some like some different photos. There's a college photo. I thought, you know, really Allen could pull off um, uh, some Lakers photos for sure. Uh, but, um, yeah, it got me thinking like, you know, not necessarily in winning time, but you know, who is your basketball lookalike? I know I, I had a good time looking for mine. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of weird looking dudes out there. Mine was, yeah, you guys are going to laugh at mine, but, um, Alan, who is your, uh, I mean, Byron Scott, I think counts, but uh, for the sake of this question, I made you, you know, look even more, who is yeah. your lookalike? Uh, I, I've got a couple, I've got a couple. I got to go Keith Bogans. Uh, yeah, just a journeyman. Uh, Ray Allen. Sometimes I get that. A lot of ball. There's a, there's a theme going on here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Ray Charles, Allen. I can. Okay, I'm gonna look up. Yeah. Keith, I'm gonna look it up when you're uh, as you're saying it. Sorry, Keith Bogans. Yeah, Ray Keith Allen. Bogans and uh, Charlie Villanueva. Just because that's my alopecia brother over there. So <laughs> got a shout out to. Oh my god, Keith Bogans. I totally see it. Oh my god, Keith Bogans as a Celtic. Wow. Um, I definitely see that. What Charlie V. Keith Bogans on? I don't. I don't remember Keith Bogans. The Bulls. He was on Celtics. The oh Bucks, yeah. Well, there's some. There's a chance there. Yeah. Yeah. No Bounce feeling. around. Um, I don't oh, know yeah. if I see the Charlie V, but respect the alopecia, you know. Yeah, you know, if it's if it's come down to like who's going to shave their eyebrows for this role, I'm like, <laughs> I have half of them. Let's go. This is so fast in the chair. We have to worry about I, this. I, I love and act. The acting world is so weird that that's not that outrageous of a question. Like, who's going <laughs> to shave their eyebrows for this role? I can see you pushing through a crowd. What'd you say? What? What was that? <laughs> By the way, I don't know if Alan is aware of this, but when Alan was in the Second City main stage show, I got an an email came to me from Adam McKay's people when they were casting for winning time and they were looking for someone to play um Kareem. <laughs> but they, they were vague about what what it was. So like we're we're making a series, it's with HBO. Uh, we need someone who's good with improv. We, we need a, an actor who's uh, and you're like definitely not black, you know, so, you know, we're thinking like, oh, okay. Like who could we recommend for this? And they're like, and they have to be minimum six nine six ten. <laughs> like, Wait a minute, what? You thought there was even one comedy improviser in North America who's six foot ten? Like they had already cast all the other roles, but they needed someone who was correspondingly taller than everybody else yeah. to play that role. And they eventually it, found him. The guy who does that role is yeah. great on the show. Yeah, he's, he's a college really basketball good. player who never acted before. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. The route they had to go. Yeah, but, he's uh, like in his forty. He looks young. Mm-hmm. He's 40? 
I think so. I think it's like 42. Whoa. Um, I mean, I will say we got to shout out Gulid from Tall Boys. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, no, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Alan Gulid, like I was thinking it was like a game of guess who, and they were like, we need people with these qualities. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And the last one was like, they have to be like six, nine, six, ten. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> the whole table goes knocked over. Yeah. <laughs> what are we supposed to do with that? You so anyway, so it's, of- this isn't a completely outra- outrageous thing we're talking about here. You never know the way the yeah. series goes, you know? By the way, yeah. I, I I was looking this up. So if I was going to be a a player, okay. I, so Give did my us. research. I tried to think legit casting, right, sure, as a player. Sure. Uh, you know how far back you got to go to find a white player <laughs> who's under six feet tall. <laughs> well, I found one. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's a name that we know. Okay, Scott Brooks. Scott oh, Brooks. Okay. played ten years in the NBA. I had no memory of this. He was on the uh, uh, Sixers in the late 80s. So if winning time goes all the way to that far into Magic's career and they need a, a, if you see a white guy on the bench, you know, and he's drawn off with Chuck, like on the court, that could be me. Um, okay. I'm seeing Scott Brooks. I, I'm, Scott I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say, but that role has been already given out to uh, Kevin Connolly, uh, also named Eric Murphy from uh, Entourage. Oh, damn. <laughs> he and I, we go out for the same shit. Yeah. It's always me and him. Uh, and then I was thinking, though, but if I'm thinking winning time specifically, I was looking at the uh, team photos for the Lakers in sure. the early 80s. And there's this one guy who's in him, and I couldn't figure out his name because <laughs> I, I couldn't find a, a name listing at the bottom of any of these photos. But there's a guy, he looks to be in his early to mid-30s, receding mm-hmm. hairline, a little heavy set, wearing a polo shirt. <laughs> that guy, I don't know who he, what he did on the team, but apparently he was on the team enough or traveled with them enough <laughs> that he made the team photo. That could okay. be me. Maybe he's a trainer. That would be more an SOC type role. Sure, that would be like sure. if... If hey, Magic your, and Kareem were getting the their, door, man. they're getting their ankles taped, then I'd be that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we're thinking of a role that could actually have like a, like a moment on the show, mm-hmm. uh, the Celtics in the eighties, there uh, they had a trainer named uh, Ray Melchiori, who pops up a lot in anecdotes from guys that were on that team. I was listening to a podcast with Bob Ryan. You know Bob Ryan the the uh, Boston mm-hmm. basketball writer. He had Bill Walton on his podcast a few months ago, and it was just nothing but uh, Ray Melchiori stories. Cause I guess he would, he would play like horse with Larry bird during their practices and stuff. And there was a, or after their practices. And there was like a famous day where Ray uh, Melchiori beat uh, Larry bird in like a half point contest, like, like just jacking the ball from half court. So anyway, so that could be something that appears in an episode of Winning Time where you actually sure. get some screen time and some lines. You know, that's a principal role, one episode. All right. yep. So that's what I'm that's what I'm gunning for. That's what I'm telling my agent. Get me that one. Ray Melchiori. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. yeah. Ray Melchiori. Alan just sent a photo. I, the first photo I saw was him taping up um, Mikhail's ankle. Sure. So uh, he listened. Hey, people need to tape, uh, you know. <laughs> There's Wait, always a guy taping that. somebody. Tape is fun. It's a it's a relaxing kind of thing. You're just like, all right, I'm being taken care of right now. <laughs> Ned, do, do you know the name of the guy in, in the Lakers? No. That's oh, you couldn't I, I googled Lakers team photos, and I kept on at, like trying to find like a, a master that said who. I, I recognized all the players and coaches, but 
he wasn't on any of the coaching staff. Yeah, like, who's this imposter? Who's this guy? But he was on like four team photos, you know, and then he wasn't anymore. I'm like, and you're that's, like that's the one. If anybody not, in that team photo is being, I'm getting cast as. That's it's going to be that guy. That's you from the future, just time traveling. <clears throat> Oh my gosh. He's got, he's got like a flip, flip phone. Uh, he's he's got one of those like devices. That's not, you know, it's one of those photos. It's like, like, why does this guy have a flip phone? (laughs) This is from the fifties. What's going on? (laughs) Time traveled back to the Lakers and told them everything from the future. They needed to know to dominate the eighties. I like it. Um, okay. Maddie D what's up. I don't know if you, if you went deep on the research here, um, (laughs) who's your guy, man? Who's your guy? Uh, so I read this question a few different ways. So I have a couple of answers. Sure. So the one, <clears throat> the one that I think I look most alike is maybe another Matthew that just signed with another NBA team after taking a break in Australia. Matthew Delavadova. <laughs> Delhi. Okay. Okay. I feel like I yeah. could play. Delhi. I could uh, look like him out there now. He famously had, uh, I think he needed to, um, to go to the hospital after guarding Steph Curry. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. He like tried so hard that they like had to put <laughs> oh an IV God. in him. Oh, my honestly, God. Pretty cool. And like, that does think, sound like me. That is definitely, yeah, yeah. I could play that part. <laughs> like, I need an IV drip on the bench after Deli. guarding someone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could I do it. Um, the other thing is, uh, in winning time, I would like a stab at Jerry West, maybe a late Jerry West. I would okay. love, mm-hmm. I'd love to take on that role because <laughs> it looks so fun and clowny that the way that guy does it. And the, the my original thought was like, oh, who do I want to play in like a show or movie? And sure. the first thing that came up was a, the Raptors. Great, he only okay. I'm being sarcastic with saying great. He only played <laughs> five games for the Raptors in their worst ever season. Okay. Tim Kempton, the one bite whopper king. <laughs> Tim Kempton. So I want to play. Wait, one one bite whopper. What's the story here he, with the whopper? He played on Charlotte. Apparently, yeah. someone said uh, it, it was an, a known trick of his that he could he could uh, eat a, a whopper in one bite, and he did it. <laughs> In front of Muggsy Bogues, who would be played by Mr. Kevin Hart. So it'd be the two of us, new kind of buddy comedy, just about the story of him doing that one bite whopper. The yeah. man See, this is what I mean by bench guys. You need a bench guy that eats a whole whopper in one bite. <laughs> yes, it. definitely. I, I'm always here for like a, a player burger story. Uh, <laughs> Maddie you used to love Chuck Hayes, who's, oh, yeah. You oh. know, he had some burger stories and. <clears throat> My, I mean, think my favorite burger story for an NBA player is Ennis Cantor eating like 10 burgers and getting sick. Yeah. He wonders um, why he can't get signed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that's just good stuff. Um, <laughs> shout out uh, Freedom. <laughs> but, uh, okay, who, who, mine. Who you got, Freddie, yeah. Yeah, you ready for this? Yeah. Uh, okay, so the first one, I was like, okay, you know what? I think I can see it. But let's be real. He's an athlete, so he's better looking than me. Than me, it was uh, Juan Carlos Navarro. Uh, have a look, uh, Juan okay. Carlos Navarro. You know, it's like it's like a model version of me. So I feel like I needed to do some some digging. I was trying to look up Latino player, right. Spanish guys, and I mean, there's a range of looks. I'm not I'm not a Luis Scola. Uh, I found Ricky Rubio. Where I'm like, okay, you know, maybe this you haven't got a ponytail. Maybe this is a Ricky Rubio. Then I found the guy. Oh, his name's Pablo Pergioni. 
Um, <laughs> you gotta check out Pablo Prigioni. You tell me I don't look like him. I don't know. I don't know what to say. He's got a skinny face. He looks a lot like me. Um, yeah. Again, he's he's an athlete, so he's probably still better looking and like jacked. But um, <laughs> Pablo Prigioni, that's my guy. He looks like definitely a Rivas brother for sure. Right? You could slip him in there seamlessly. Oh my oh, god, he really one. does. Especially like, this, 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 this guy. This is the one Rivas brother who can he can like actually ball like oh, they, yeah. all, they all talk about playing basketball but they hurt their knees every day <laughs> you know this guy this is the brother with the good knees yeah this is, this is a good knee brother oh my god this guy can do stuff um i, I will yeah. say basketball adjacent jay skeets jay skeets oh my god uh, I'll take i've been it. preaching that i've been preaching that podcast legend yeah half nicaraguan uh, uh jay skeets what's up <laughs> Um, oh, I got a lot of I got a lot a lot of uh, non basketball lookalikes. Uh, Justin Long, hmm. um, Paul uh, Stanley, Paul Stanley. I got a lot of Paul Stanley from Kiss. <laughs> Listen, that makeup comes off. Looks like me. <laughs> it really wow. does. Uh, shout out to one of my best Halloween costumes, Paul Stanley Cup. That was good. <laughs> it is what really you good. think it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, That's really good. Okay, let's uh, let's move on here. Get get a little bit serious. Um, not too serious, but uh, you know, just want to um, I you know shout out and celebrate the the legend that was uh, Bill Russell. Uh, he recently passed away at eighty eight. Uh, the the finals uh, trophy uh, is named after him. Um, which uh, or sorry, is it the finals MVP trophy? Yeah. 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 It's the Bill Russell trophy. Uh, Bill Russell trophy, uh, 11 rings. Um, You know, just uh, there's a really good uh, LA times article about his life. You know, so many cool anecdotes, Um, really difficult, uh, you know, adversity. He went through so much racism. He was advocating for, uh, or, you know, I sorry, against the, 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 the horrible NBA rule that was three black players per team. Uh, even when it was sort of like an unwritten rule, uh, he slammed the city of Boston repeatedly. I think, you know, his relationship with them improved, uh, but, you know, for not embracing him because he wasn't a white player. And, uh, you know, su- he supported Muhammad Ali, was anti-Vietnam. Uh, and, you know, from a basketball perspective, like, yeah, 11 rings, uh, sort of like the father of like modern defense, just like an incredible defender brought that, uh, you know, to the game. A cool anecdote from this article was that uh, his coach was like obsessed with him not leaving his feet as a defender, which, I, you know, it kind of is a principled thing. It makes sense but he could just like block the shit out of everybody. So I think he just kept doing that. And then his coach eventually was like, um, actually we're dominating. So carry on dude, um, in college. But, um, yeah. So that kind of got me thinking, you know, where are we at? Is is there a player that, that makes you think of him? And, you know, I I talked about it before, uh, the podcast, but you, you know, he, he's won the most championships and, um, MVP and he's outspoken. So, you know, I'm not sure you're going to find a guy that, that really is able to fill those shoes, but that's sort of the point. Um, and yeah, l- let me go to you first, Ned. Is there a guy you think sort of has the, you know, the spirit of Bill Russell kind of thing? Like he's outspoken, he's, he's a leader or, or, you know, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know that anybody matches, um, all the qualities, um, 
about him. Um, the biggest winner of this era has been LeBron. And, um, but Bill Russell had a different aura than that. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be like if, if LeBron had an aura, his own aura mixed with like Chris Paul's aura or something like that, mm-hmm. like so, the mixture yeah. of both where it's not just that he's the best, the best athlete and the leader on the court, but like just as a, as a guy is the most like admirable, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, distinguished <laughs> individual, like a person that just demanded <clears throat> attention and, and respect just, mm-hmm. just from the way he carried his head and his shoulders. Um, something along those lines. But I, I think part of his legacy is in part that so many of the great players today are um, willing to be um, outspoken and, and active and, and mm-hmm. um, put out there what they, what they care about. Cause Bill Russell certainly did at um, and did not was one of those figures that didn't worry about what consequences there may be. Um, um, I mean, he was out front in the civil rights movement. You mentioned Muhammad Ali, like those two, um, and Jim Brown were like the central mm-hmm. figures. And you look at uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and all the work that he's done socially. Yeah. Like his inspiration was Bill Russell um, totally. in that <clears throat> in that regard. But yeah, in terms of the combination of 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 winning and and of sort of you know spreading goodness, I guess using mm-hmm. your your platform it'd be like lebron plus others yeah Yeah. um which is already a a significant uh i mean because lebron's already on such a significant level the thought of it being more than that just speaks to bill russell's uh stature in that time period and 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 um i forgot were you were you saying before the pod was it uh was it your stepdad who who actually watched (laughs) yeah so um my uh my uh mom's husband uh, was born in 1950 and grew up in Providence, Rhode Island. So he he was a, the whole era, Bill Russell Celtics era was, you know, his childhood. Um, and if you remember in the 99 ESPN did this thing called sports century where they celebrated the greatest athletes of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. And they did like a ranking of the top 50 and they made a documentary for each. And I was following that really closely. You know, I was 13, you know, whenever all these, athletes from other eras would come up. I'd watch the documentary and I'd, I'd look at my sports almanac and look for their names and stuff. And Bill Russell was the name that didn't quite click for me. Like when they did Oscar Robertson and Wilt Chamberlain, I'm like, Oh, look at these guys stats. They're incredible. Mm -hmm. You know? And for Bill Russell, I'm like, why is this guy so great? He scored like 14 a game. And, um, and I said out loud in front of Jack, my, my (laughs) husband, like he wasn't, he wasn't better than Wilt Chamberlain. And he looked at me like I had turds hanging out of my mouth. Like he was like, excuse me. But Will like the thought of of Will Chamberlain being better than Bill Russell was just madness to him. And it make and it makes perfect sense. Because mm-hmm. as great as 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 dominant as uh Wilt um was, you know, um in terms of the uh um you know scoring hundred points a game and or in a game and 50 points a game for that one season when he and bill russell played against one another he was he was nothing like bill russell destroyed wilt chamberlain every time they if if you th- and the way that uh jack um 
was trying to get across to me. He was like, if the two best boxers alive fought each other eight times and one of them won seven times in like dominant fashion, <laughs> that guy would be considered the better guy. So, and that was Bill Russell. He just, he was the winner. He won two state championships in high school, two NCAA championships, mm-hmm. 50 games in a row, like winning streak they finished on. He, he did the Olympics that same summer mm-hmm. and best uh, a member of that team. And then he was the best player on the Celtics for 13 years and won 11 championships. So that's 20, what, 15, 20 straight years of being the best player on the best team. Like that's incredible. No, um, uh, when people say, oh, well, if they try to, um, contextualize that as like, oh, well, the league was different, like as though that was easier to do back then mm-hmm. or something, just because there were f- like there were fewer teams in the playoffs, I guess. You had to play fewer games, but come on. I mean, the talent level back then was so high. Um, every team had like two all-time greats on it, and his was the best team by far. So not just dominating on the court, though, of course, but, you know, everything else he did off the court. It's uh, I don't think anyone matches him. Yeah, well, well said. And, um, you know, I, I do think, yeah, like, I mean, I've gotten lost in that conversation before. You think about strength of competition and athleticism and, and, and all that kind of stuff and, like, the league not being, you know, as popular, et cetera, et cetera. But a big part of it is, like, we don't have a lot of video to watch sort of, like, you know, his greatness. And, and also you can only compete against who's – in front of you. And he, like you said, he dominated for 20 years straight. Um, yeah. Alan, you know, any, any kind of thoughts and also, um, you know, is there, is there a player or, you know, like, uh, again, like, uh, I don't know, I think there's going to be one player, but is this sort of someone that reminds you in any capacity? Yeah. It's, um, I think Ned kind of hit the, the, the nail on the head there. There isn't necessarily a player that kind of exudes all of, what Bill Russell kind of is, but I feel like Bill Russell's energy and spirit and his legacy has been passed on through the league over the years. Like this is one of the most vocal leagues on social justice and talking about different things that affect communities and uh, working for equality. Uh, but you know, as you know, you can see, you can see, you saw it with like the Eric Garner stuff. You start with mm-hmm. the Trayvon Martin with the shirts with Brianna Taylor right now, just people speaking up on, or Brianna, sorry, Brittany Griner and Brianna Taylor also mm-hmm. as well, like Dame Lillard going to different um, protests and being out there in the streets. Like you've seen yep. these players kind of do that stuff. And as much as they're doing that, it is still in this area of safeness. There's a comfortability when it comes to how they are protesting, like not taking away yeah. from what it is, but there is a level totally. of that. And I think, that when we talk about that, you have to con- like you know contextualize what Bill Russell was doing. It was very uncomfortable. It was very hard. He was definitely a salmon swimming upstream. So there isn't a lot to kind of say. Like the closest thing I would say, and not even a current player, is uh, Dwayne Wade uh, and his greatness and him kind of fighting for like trans rights and speaking out on, on, yeah. on stuff like that with his daughter. And you don't see a lot of NBA players kind of doing that. So I think that's as far as a player who's going out of their comfort zone to to speak what's right and fight for social justice. I think Dwayne Wayne probably encompass that the most. LeBron James, for sure, he's like, you know, he is he's doing this balancing act of being a uh, like wearing many hats, NBA player, yes. social commentator, celebrity, all at the same time. So he's juggling all these things. So he's trying to do what he can do. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's definitely limitations or maybe he can do more. There's a lot of different things that could a conversation to have about that. So it, it's hard to say that. And I think Kareem is probably the second when it comes to all this stuff, this guy was out mm-hmm. there, you know, m- marching and talking and speaking with Malcolm X and just being uh, a, a leader in the community. So there is no one like Bill Russell. 
Uh, hopefully there could be somebody just like him, but it's hard to say because once again, the things that he was fighting for and the places that he's been, you know, he was doing all this while playing for the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's tough to kind of, um, yeah, kind of uh, nail down what exactly how or how hard he was fighting for all these different things. So and all while, you know, putting up like 24 rebounds a game and people want to talk about like, you know, low points, you know, even though they didn't grab uh, 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 blocks uh, uh, statistics back then. Yeah, he was getting like, what, eight, nine blocks a game to mm-hmm. as well, like a defensive. Oh, it was a block party. It was oh, straight up block party. And he's keeping the ball in, too. So he's not even swatting them out of, you know. Mm-hmm. And to the, the audience, he's keeping it in place. So he's just a very defensive-minded winning player who also stood for things off the court as well as on the court. And, um, yeah, he'll be truly missed. Alan, so yes, so, so many good points. And, you know, I think the one I'll jump on is, the, you know, this idea of safety. And you don't want to take away from really, you know, any good work that anyone does. And hmm. when I was looking through this, I was thinking about, you know, guys who are, who are big and, uh, you know, the black lives matter movement, whether it's like uh, Lillard or, you know, Fred spoke out um, uh, or, you know, uh, Jalen Brown, Malcolm Brogdon is a guy I was thinking about, you know, he's done a lot of work, uh, you know, in Africa with, you know, bringing kind of safe drinking water to parts of East Africa uh, with like a well, or, you know, helping change wells. and But, you know, yeah, he doesn't really encompass quite the thing. But my answer, the one I ended up on was Dwayne Wade, because mm-hmm. I think that to your point, you know, what, what he's doing with his daughter, I, th- I feel like is a type of bravery that we is new. We haven't seen yet. And he's also a great, uh, you know, Dwayne Wade. So it's sort of like, when, when someone who's that prominent and, you know, a celebrity, right? Like he's, he's got a celebrity couple with, with Gabrielle Union too. So it's like, it's really powerful, I think, what he's doing with his family. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think we ended up in the, in the same place. And, and also to your point about Le- LeBron, I think, you know, he is juggling quite a bit. And I think sometimes the, the good that LeBron does can get a little bit, I don't want to say dismiss, but I think there's so many facets to LeBron Mm -hmm. as a corporate entity, as a celebrity, as like, you know, chasing Michael Jordan and, you know, that, but, you know, he does like, Hey, like, you know, talking about like Brittany Griner, he, he spoke out uh, Mm -hmm. about Brittany Griner on, on his show. So, um, you know, yeah, I think it's a lot of players who, uh, you know, and, and the, the point you both made that I feel like is huge is that what Bill Russell did is also kind of, he allowed many people to do it. So it's not so much like the burden. And I'm sure, you know, you know, in all fairness, there was probably a lot of players doing, you know, fighting for equality during Bill Russell's time as well. It's not just him, but you know, yeah, it's, it's opened this door for people to kind of speak their mind and for the NBA at times to be, you know, a progressive league. But um, yeah, I mean, and, 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 you know, from just a basketball perspective, like, yeah, the, the blocks, my God, like I wish we could, I wish there was some way to, you know, yeah, maybe we need a winning time, like a version of that for a guy like Bill Russell to follow his life so we can, I guess we'll need more like 610 improvisers. (laughs) You know what I've always just wanted? I just want a, a school somewhere to give a history of basketball. I would love to just get real nerded out go through from mm. the beginning and then just like every different team just go through it in the different generations and eras and kind of you know don't forget the past and where you, where you came from i think a lot of times we we tend to 
uh, focus on the new shiny thing and forget like the 2000s era, the 90s era, the 80s. Like we tend to mm-hmm. always forget about that because something new is in front of us. And well, and, something- and how how I was just saying, how how we project the current status of the league back onto it. It you know that we mm-hmm. um the thought back then he was the best player on the on the best team. They flew coach, you know their <laughs> their shoes didn't fit their feet. You know, um, yeah. uh, they weren't getting paid that they all needed jobs in the summer, you know, like that's a different, uh, a whole different set of circumstances. That's uh, crazy to think about compared to the life of a top player yeah. today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, not, um, they're not spending a million on their body in the off season. Like yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. Well, just, just, yeah. I mean, just the fact alone that when the season ended, they usually had to find a different job in the summer like that alone. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. You have guys like Elgin Baylor being like, uh, "Just give me a break. I gotta go um, join the military." Right. <laughs> yeah, he, he missed the season for that. Dave Bing, uh, you know, played in the '60s, and he uh, he got a job at a bank or something, and learned so much about business when he retired. He already had a company. The company he sold like a couple, I don't know, maybe ten years ago, for a lot of money, like a big auto parts manufacturer that he started. Um, while he was a player because he needed something to do for for four months of the year. I mean, it's it's a different, uh, yeah, a different different life because yeah. the sport still had that impact on the fans and and you know their legacy touches the sport as it grew in popularity. But it was a different life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine that you're like you're going to the bank. And you just see like LeBron James as a teller. And you're like, <laughs> I'm yeah. at your jersey at home. Well, <laughs> Can I bring it back to something? And the guy's name's Dave Bing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Being like, uh, sorry, is your name Bing? It's like it's Bing, and I'm rich. Any questions? <laughs> yeah, some of the stuff that Bill. I mean, one of the things. There's a famous thing that Bill Russell went through when he moved into a different neighborhood in Boston. A uh, bunch of, you know, shitheads broke into his house. Yeah, and like vandalized the whole place, based based on his race. You know, mm-hmm. um, the thought of somebody doing that to anybody is is crazy you know yeah. awful to think about but the thought of that happening to the city's greatest athlete maybe ever <laughs> um and uh um that that could happen just speaks to how different society was life was the sport was everything was back then um you know but he he carried on he he took that and fueled him and and you know um, and is part of his legacy. The fact that he, you know, could take that and overcome mm-hmm. that. And also I'll, you know, I'll, I'll sort of close on like being a really prominent figure post playing career. You know, I know mm-hmm. he, he coached twice, but I feel like beyond that was just this, this ever present person. Like I'm definitely going to miss seeing him at major celebrations. Like, you know, I think, I think it was Vivek Jacobs shared that image of him, him and Kyle Lowry and it was so cool to see, like, you know, when you see Bill Russell, it's kind of like, I, I, as a Raptor fan, I was like, oh, my God, Bill Russell's at the game. Like, that, we we, we, we won. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or we're, we're, we have a chance of winning the championship. Like, One of the best things that the league cool. has done the last 15 years is made more of an effort to connect it to its past. Mm-hmm. So if you remember when they, when they made, made it the Bill Russell trophy, like, uh, that sort of built a bridge that, you know, had been, you know, on shaky ground. Uh, Cause basically the last 15 years, yeah, you saw Bill Russell everywhere. They, they renamed those trophies after 
Magic and Larry Bird. Yep. Um, when he's the 75th anniversary celebration last year, you know, all of the crossover things, the effort that the league has made to sort of create this sort of cross generational, um, type stuff is, is great. I, I love it. Yeah. Good, great point. Um, you know, maybe in the future, a Pablo Prigioni trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I feel like that, that, that's me trying to like cap off a great pod with a shit. <laughs> so my bad, I'm just immature. Um, guys. Yeah. This was, this is a great podcast and, and thank you both for bringing so much to the table. Like, uh, you know, I love having you guys. Um, and, you know, obviously thanks to uh, everyone who's listening and supporting and helping us grow and, and to Maddie D, but, um, let me, let me go to you first, Alan. Uh, I mean, Shoeless Lewis, check them out, but like, what, what else is going on? What do you want to let people know? Uh, <clears throat> watch great Canadian Baker show. It's on uh, CBC jam and also Netflix. Um, yeah, just stay, oh, check, check, check Twitch out. Uh, you're going to be very excited to see some fun things that I'm going to be doing for the NBA season on Twitch. So that's Shoeless Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just, uh, I'm out here. I'm out here doing stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Come to comedy shows, follow me on social media, the Alan Shane, Alan Shane on Instagram. Hell yeah. Um, heads up dude. Just going to say, I got the fall guys game. I'm, Get the fall I'm, guy. I'm very late, but I want to play with you. <laughs> Let's go. Um, and uh, Ned, what's up? Um, you know, well, what do you want to let people know? Uh, sure. Uh, on socials, I'm Ned Petrie on Twitter, Ned.Petrie on Instagram. Uh, trying to think. Uh, if you got kids and you want a cute-ass show, there's a show called Pine Cone and Pony on Apple TV. Uh, um, uh, Miguel's on that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, check that out. Yeah. And... Um, Let's see, coming up, I think on Amazon, there's going to be a season two of Gary and his Demons, Mark Little's cartoon, a mm-hmm. uh, yeah. character for the... the you also did a voice on Doomlands, which I watched. Oh, yeah, Doomlands, Roku Great. TV. Check that out. Everybody? Yeah, check it out. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, again, thanks to everyone. Thank you, Matty D. Uh, if you feel like we're, we're good, we're done, uh, uh, ready to finish up here, please give me those words I love so much. Okay. okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast.